Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 16 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, aka Tony Playboy, aka Dwayne Has Been, and I am joined here by one of my great friends, Demarcus, aka Nigga Marcus, aka Body Adi Adi. You know, recently I actually walked in on Demarcus singing that song. It was real weird. Why are you lying? That's literally never happened. I actually hate that song. The people will be the judge of who was telling the truth there. Well, okay, then they, they, they know that I am the side of truth and reason, so it'll be fine. I hope so. Anyway, we got a lot of exciting shit to get into, but how are you doing, Demarcus? Um, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm actually very upset about my Cowboys. They keep winning. Um, it's like I get, you know, the coach wants to look good, whatever, but why now? Like, You don't want to make the playoffs? No, no, we need major help from the draft. Making the playoffs does not help us. We're not going to go on a run. There's no chance we go on a run. The defense is atrocious. Me taking a piece of paper, putting some water on it is stronger than our defense right now. Andy Dalton is a average quarterback. The O-line is a bunch of random people. I couldn't name half of them. And so... It's just like make the playoffs to lose and then go home a week later. Like why why go through the trouble? I'd rather have the higher draft pick um, to either get some some D line help or or something for next year. Only time yeah. will tell. But this is the first thing I want to talk to you about, and it's on the forefront of our mind because we talked about this a little bit last week. But the Washington Football Team released Dwayne Haskins this week. Yes. Yes. I, you know, the only way I can put it is that I think they're trying to stop the new contagion of booty cheek particles from infecting their team uh, because that team, um, despite a lot of things, can make the playoffs with just a win, period. Oh, yeah. They could have won um, last week and locked it. They, they could have also, they could have won last week and, and locked it up really easily, but they can still, they still control their own destiny um, despite the coach having cancer, having a quarterback literally carousel this season having the controversy around Dwayne Haskins. You have all kind of stuff. The, uh, the ownership group, the team not having, the team don't have a name. The team don't have a name. Um, <laughs> and somehow in week 17, if they win one football game, they'll be in the playoffs. Um, their, their quarterback is working Alec. on a reconstructed leg. Oh, uh, they're Alex not Smith. playing Alex Smith. I think they're playing Taylor Hinky or some shit like that. Yeah. Like fourth well, string I mean, guy, the, the guy who got them in his position, you know, because that's true. I'll say that when I say their quarterback, I mean just like when I think of this team, he has been the best quarterback for them by far. It's not even close. So their quarterback, so a lot going on, but kudos to them. Okay, okay. You know, you believe, and I am of the mind, most people of the mind, that Dwayne Haskins will get a second chance. He's just too talented to not. On the same page? I don't Ooh, think so. You think he won't get a second chance? Uh, like, I think he will inevitably get one because first-round draft picks get one. But the, uh, the as part of the statement that's, like, too much talent, I, I, I haven't seen it. He has looked, like, even for guys who struggle sometimes in the NFL at quarterback, 
they'll flash, you know, they'll make a throw, they'll do something for a minute or two of the game where you're like, oh, that guy, I could see something coming from that. I haven't seen that from Haskins. Um, and yeah, that's all I'll say about that. So he'll get a second chance because first round draft pick quarterbacks do, and you know, they're, they're limited, but um, don't know about the talented part. He's got to prove that part still. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about before we get into the show is the Juju Corvette Corvette TikTok video after their last win. Did you watch this video? I did see the video. So Juju had to stop dancing on the logos. So instead he decided right. to dance in the locker rooms after the game. <laughs> right. Because for whatever reason, Juju thinks it's a good idea to dance after every game or before every game. I, I don't I don't get it. I just love the fact that I'm waiting on the NFL fine. Like when the Saints got fined for their post-game celebration, they went crazy, you know, eating the W's, no mask on, jumping around, doing their thing. The Steelers have to get fined, right? Absolutely. And they deserve to get fined. If I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. We got would video you, proof. Would you feel a type of way about the niggas in the video that your teammate that were your teammates that had masks on? Because they knew the fine would come if they didn't have a mask on. Like when that fine comes and hits your check, hits hits your bank account like a reverse stimulus. Would you feel a type of way? If I if I'm one of the players with a mask on, absolutely. No, without the mask on, one of the players that gets fined because you know the players with no mask on are not getting fined. Really? No. Well, you think why? so? They, they followed all the rules. They had a mask on. They, oh, you're saying the ones who, yeah, the ones who have a mask on. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, I'm three saying, of yeah. these niggas in there with masks on. Are you looking at them niggas with the mask on sideways? Week eight, like, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. So week 18, like, for real, nigga, you ain't even say shit. When that reverse no, stimulus hits shit, they know better. They all know better. <laughs> they know the rules. Okay. We have a great show for you all today. I'm super excited about this one because we have a lot of listener submitted segments. So we are going to get all the way in on the story behind Rondo's chicken and waffles. You know, the AKA from last week where Rondo's girlfriend might have, you know, gave somebody a two piece and a biscuit nigga in the parking garage. We are going to get into our end of the season NFL season awards the final piece of the puzzle for the playoff pictures. We are going to give you all our favorite sports moments from 2020, since we're ringing in the new year with this episode and give you a heartwarming ballers bouquet about Miami heat player, bam, out of the bio. The, 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 the fly route, pod. the fly route, pod. the fly route, pod. the fly route, pod. Welcome to the tee off. Oh, spill that tea, sis. This is how we like to start our show off. We like to spill some tea on some of the crazy situation our favorite athletes get themselves into. And today we have a kind of crazy story about Rajon Rondo, you know, former Laker, just won his second chip, you know, only person to win a Mm -hmm. chip with two of the most storied franchises. In all of basketball, the Celtics and the Lakers, and his girlfriend, LaToya Fitzgerald. Right now, they face accusations of assault and battery, infliction of emotional distress and conspiracy, 
according to a lawsuit filed by, look, I don't even know how to spell this white bitch's name, but it's Taktam Joshari. And she is seeking at least $1 million in damages, claiming she has suffered great mental, emotional distress and physical and nervous pain and suffering. That is a quote, great mental, emotional distress, physical and nervous pain and suffering. It just sounds like when you start adding random words into the sentence to hit the, you know, the page count. <laughs> Listen, I am, I'm sure she believes that, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure she was also getting her, her dope from, uh, them towers you know <laughs> she, she's shooting up because uh she's she's on something because uh we're gonna talk about it this all came from um an incident that was recorded on video yes and TMZ. i've seen the video you've seen the video tmz's published it online and she shouldn't get five dollars so first and foremost i want to give a shout out to eric from Atlanta, actually, who was the person that put the video when it came out on my map. Uh, shout out to you. We really appreciate it. And this video, I think, is kind of funny, right? Because the whole thing is over a parking dispute because Rondo and his girlfriend come out to the car. They're parked in a handicap spot, according to them. And they see how closely Jashari is parked next to their car in the park in, in the handicap spot. And like, it's like 300K Rolls Royce. You know, if you just win a chip, you better be rolling to something stupid. Now, DeMarcus, the funniest part about this video to me is it's very clear he's in a handicapped spot, although she disputes it because the spot that she's parked in kind of has those diagonal lines in the box next to it. Mm. You know, like them type of spots that I parked there recently and got my ass towed because oh, <laughs> it's oh, part of the yeah, handicap. Yeah. I'm happy that you brought it up because I was about to. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I noticed that in the video as well. Has a little diag, at least from what I can see. I can, I think it has the diagonal white painted white lines on the ground for the handicap spot. Yeah, you know, like I wasn't even super mad when I got told because I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. But how you wrong and you got a whole ass attitude with niggas? That's. Um, that's like 2020 in a, in a nutshell. I mean, Trump is wrong and still got an attitude. <laughs> Look, he if, thinks he won the election. He, he thinks he might give us $2,000 checks. Nigga, let him, let him live. He, he, <laughs> he ain't with shit. Stay wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they taking L's. This shit was funny to me because it's like classic talking shit. Your ass can't like back up. Right. She's getting all up mm -hmm. in their faces in the video. She's pointing. She got her hands in their face. First off, this bitch got no mask on, nigga. She yelling in people's face with no mask on. Bruh. Bruh. Like we said, we're in 2021, basically. And well, this happened in December of 2020. But I don't know how you're not wearing a mask. It's, it's as bad as it's, it's been ever. Literally ever. <laughs> you're not wearing a mask and this is kind of crazy because you know at first rondo gets all up in her face in the video and rondo's girl you know she pulls him back she's like nah 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 i got this and then you know they start to get into it and rondo tries to hold him back you see this like rondo's pushing them away from each other he trying does. to hold him back his flip-flop fall off 
Like, this is the most important part to me. His flip-flop fall off, and he try to bend over to pick it up, and they almost bum-rush his ass over. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and then he just moves out of the way and just kind of stares. He's just yeah. like, uh, I want my shoe back, but I can't help y'all without no shoes on. So I'm just going to stand over here and watch for a second. And he literally just thinks about what he's going to do. You can see it on his face. I don't know what kind of flip-flop those are. Maybe they Gucci? I have no idea. But he really wanted that flip-flop back. <laughs> he wanted it, but he did not want it enough to get his ass knocked mm-hmm. over. He was like, nope. uh, I ain't getting hurt for this shit. Hell no. No, because he'll end up, you know, when we hear athletes, though, they, they show up. Season just started, about to start. They show up. Oh, bam. Oh, I fucked up my ankle. <laughs> what was you doing? I was chasing my dog. You're like, what? <laughs> you hurt yourself doing what? And anytime an athlete, like if, if, if we had heard that Rondo was on the injury report, he had fucked up his ankle trying to get a flip-flop. Uh, breaking up a fight between his girl and some stranger, we would we would we didn't believe him until we saw the tape. Would have been like, Rondo, what were you doing? Why are you lying? Like, were you were you playing football with your kids? Like, I don't like what's going on. But I'm I'm happy he didn't get the flip flop because we would have probably clowned him if he if he got it and got hurt, or got hit in the eye, or he would have been out for a week. <laughs> exactly, and you know when he when look. Wait, he moves out the way. His girl gives this other woman the whole twisted T fuck up, nigga. <laughs> like, oh, she. His girl was ready for the smoke. She, she, she had hands. Like, and well, the thing is, and I, I encourage all our listeners to watch this video. If you've seen a lot of women fight, some of us have, you know, they do certain things that are not fighting that just prolongs the fight. So they got to roll up their sleeves and tie their hair back and all this. She does none of that. <laughs> she just starts throwing hands <laughs> on site. As soon as Rhonda moves out of the way, she's in there. <laughs> and it kind of feels like she grabs the hair, but she's not pulling her hair to pull her hair. She's pulling, she's pulling her, hair her hair to, to hold her. To get the face. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. To get her face at the right angle. She's like, whop, 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 like a Cardi B song, nigga. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. I was dying laughing. And, and look, Rondo's lawyer's like, look, we ain't taking no settlement. Fuck that. We fighting. Because she is not just suing Rondo's girlfriend for assault. She's also suing Rondo. She's like, Rondo pushed me. Like, Rondo was trying to separate y'all because he ain't want you to get your ass beat. And well, then look at you getting your ass beat. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, the video, anybody... And in cases like this, I believe this is a civil case, so the jury is going to award any damages if they find it necessary. And I don't know how any reasonable person watches that video and is like, yeah, he pushed her. And this fight that she clearly initiated, like out of, out of nowhere, him and his girl just posted up on the car chilling, and she walks up and just goes off on them. Well, she's they're like, you got to move your shit. Like, this, this is the whole dispute. They're like, yo, you got to move your shit. Because we can't get into our car because you're literally parked in a spot that's not a spot next to our shit. And, like, it's funny because Rondo isn't a handicapped spot. But according to Rondo's lawyer, he gets that spot because his thumb is broken. His thumb's still broken? (laughs) That was, like, five months ago. Look, I'm just telling you what was said. Wasn't that in July? I'm just telling you what was said. Did he come back and win a whole chip after that? I 
I'm just telling. Look, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> so Rondo gets his handicap spot because his thumb is broken, and that was also the lawyer's excuse for why. Like, look, Rondo tried to break this up, but first, homegirl wasn't wearing a mask, and he was like, "I'm not really trying to get all up in that." But also, like, my thumb is broken, so there's only so much pushing I could do on you before I just got to be like, "Look, you should have just walked away." Now, the the funniest part of this to me is what you know this Kashari woman's attorney had to say, and I quote, in the NBA, unnecessary and excessive contact is considered a flagrant two foul, which can result in a fine, ejection, and possible suspension of the player. Outside of the NBA, such conduct is considered assault and battery. No man should ever put their hands on a woman, especially an NBA player with superior height and strength. The video speaks for itself. Has a lawyer seen the video? Nick! <laughs> he must uh, got first, one of them Tariq lawyers for power. <laughs> he, he called Saul. <laughs> uh, no, like, regardless of the, the accuracy of the statement, that's that's totally... It's baloney. That's the <laughs> nicest thing I can say about that. But I mean, like, is the dude getting ready to go? Is he preparing for like a, a bit on Law and Order? Is he going to be on next season at SVU? Like, what's he preparing for? Who's this he check? putting on the show for? He preparing for this check. <laughs> she ain't got no money. Obviously, I bet, he, I bet he's trying to get a cut of that settlement. If they sue for he's a trying million, to get a cut. Yeah, they sue him for a million. They're getting, they're getting nothing. Look, <laughs> they sue him for a million. He tried to get a cut of that. I guarantee you, Rondo has got just as good as a, a lawyer as this woman does Look, and they have a tape on their side like the, the, the I, I hear what the bad. lawyer's saying you see the tape to say that what rondo did was assault and battery trying to break up a fight is now assault and battery i a fight that you initiated because you're in the wrong <laughs> like i don't i don't know how she wins this i just don't know how this this gave me a very interesting question I want, I want like people who hear this to give me your answer on Instagram or Twitter, wherever the fuck you can reach us at. But the interesting question to me is like, all right, guys, if you out here and your girl is about to whip some other bitch's ass, be honest. If you know she got hands, how much effort are you going through to stop her? If it's me, so we, I'm going to describe a moment. I'm going to describe something to you. And I know you're going to know what it means. So you know when somebody's holding somebody else back and you can tell the person who's holding the person back is not really trying. They're just like, yeah, I'm doing this just for, it's like, it's customary. I got to do the hold back just because. <laughs> and then as soon as the person who's being held back gives any kind of push whatsoever, they just let go. It's that. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, don't fight, don't fight. Oh, she slipped away. <laughs> so you about to be the Cowboys o line. <laughs> Wow, unnecessary, uh, unnecessary. But false. I, uh, I, I actually, I'm gonna say you're correct because they're all backups. None of them are starters, <laughs> which is my point on why. Even though they might end up seven and nine, the Cowboys have had a surprisingly good season with a lot of bad players. And that was your tee off. Oh, spit at thesis. It's a it's a it's a Playboy affair. All right, let's get into our end of the NFL season wrap up, right? We're going to talk about the playoffs a little bit, but more importantly, we want to talk about the end of the season NFL awards. 
the most important is where we'll start. DeMarcus, who you got for MVP? It's my homeboy, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. This my is pick boy? this is not my homeboy. My pick boy? <laughs> okay. Listen, you could try to play that card all you want to. It's not gonna work. He's he's off next week, <laughs> you know. He's off the week after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no matter what happens in week 17, the 16th game of the season, the, the Chiefs will win at least 14 games. They have won every which way this season. The team who are, I remind you, the reigning NFL champions, um, looked a little bored at some points this season, especially toward the end. Um, I think they were trying to make things more difficult for themselves because things had gotten really easy. Um, but I think Mahomes is the engine that makes his team runs. I think last week against Atlanta, you saw that without Mahomes doing everything that he does, this team looks pretty normal. Um, and they barely beat a bad team if he doesn't play the way that he plays that we're used to, we're accustomed to. And so he is the most valuable player um, on the best team in the NFL. Period. He's the MVP. Look, it's great that you get to say Mahomes takes next week off. That's that's cute. But it, even though Rodgers will get an extra week to be ahead in a bunch of statistical categories, it's not like he needed them. The MVP of the league is Aaron Rodgers. He leads the league in touchdowns with 44. Mahomes isn't even second by himself. He's tied with Russell Wilson. He only has five picks, which is less than Mahomes. So he has more touchdowns and less picks. He has the highest QBR of any quarterback in the season. He's second in completion percentage, only below Drew Brees. And that's like by less than half a percentage point. Mahomes isn't even top six. Like the only statistical category where Mahomes is ahead of Rodgers is total yards. And he is your MVP. It don't make no sense. The thing that are you done? No. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Demarcus. Did you have something you wanted to say? You forgot about the most important statistical category: wins. Wins. I was actually yeah. about to get there. So uh, get there then. Here we will say the most important part about this is the difference between these rosters. The most valuable player elevates a roster to something that they could not be without them. I agree. Patrick Mahomes takes the Chiefs to a whole nother level, but the Chiefs still have Travis Kelsey. Is he the best tight end in football this year? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Top top three? Top five receiver in the league? He's pretty oh, fast. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, crazy, huh? Right? So, that's great. Then they had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who showed up. Crazy but okay. talent. Gives them a running game as well. Am, am I lying? Oh, I'm not. Don't worry. It I was mean, a it, it was a rhetorical okay. question. You good. There's uh, a reason they signed Le'Veon. Because you should have more than one running back because running backs are one of the most primed to get injured and change of pace, etc. Keep, keep going. So, it, like, here we are. Mahomes has a better supporting talent around him. We were complaining all year long. Rodgers only has one good receiver. No other receivers. That great receiver doesn't play like four straight games. 
Rodgers is lacking weapons, bereft of talent around him. They are fucking up the draft. They drafted Jordan Love. I remember you saying that earlier in this podcast. They did. Okay. And somehow still, he has less picks, more touchdowns, higher completion rating, higher QBR, with less weapons and talent around him. So you want to say wins? Yeah, nigga, your team is stacked. And you got two more wins. Oh, please rebut. The the NFL MVP is not about statistics. The only time it is ever about that is when a quarterback breaks some record. When uh, Tom Brady throws for 50 some odd touchdowns and breaks the record. And then Peyton comes back again and breaks it later on and throws for 55 touchdowns. Or, uh, you know, you have a running back rush for 2,000 yards. It's the only time the MVP is about statistics. Outside of that, it's about what does your team look like? Do you elevate your team? And are, is your team good? Um, and I think it's pretty pretty damn clear in most people's eyes. I don't, I don't know. It, Mahomes has been in the lead all year long. His team has won more games. he started games. throwing all them picks. It, it, first, you this is just oh, about. Mahomes broke a record, actually. Okay. The longest sack you, ever? Uh, okay. The, I, I don't care. That's the what, what you, you said. Get. The only time it matters is when you break records. That's a record he broke. You, I'm sorry. Let me let you talk. I apologize. Th- that is that is the definition of like it just it's a one off. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's not a season long statistic for a major category. It's something random that you picked out of the Elias Sportsbook uh, before we hopped on to to record this and. When I look at these teams, first off, the the even idea that Rodgers is in this is a testament to how good he is. Is he in the race? Yes. It's a two-horse race between Rodgers and Mahomes, but Mahomes won this five weeks ago because he got bored. That's why he's been throwing interceptions. He doesn't care. He's not trying as hard as he has been in the past because he doesn't have to. His team is going to win even if he doesn't play perfectly. Yes, his team is good, but he does elevate this roster at least just as much as Aaron Rodgers elevates his. Yes, they have Tyreek Hill, absolutely great receiver. Yes, they have Kelsey. But again, they got to have somebody throw the ball to them. They're, they don't have an amazing run game. They have a, a, a good rookie running back who looked good week one and then looked a little shaky, and they went out and signed Le'Veon. And outside of Tyreek Hill, they have other receivers who are inconsistent slash get hurt. Sammy from Demarcus Watkins. Robinson. Sammy Watkins has been hurt most of this season. Uh, even when he does play, he's only scored like three touchdowns or something like that. Uh, you have Demarcus Robinson, another receiver who I saw drop balls last week, etc. I mean, it, so you want Marquez Valdez Scantling instead? That's that's Alan not Lazard? what this is about. This isn't that's not what this is about. I'm saying, mm. I'm saying, yes, yes, Mahomes has a couple of guys, a tight end and a wide receiver. That's just a little bit more than what Rodgers Okay, let's has. go to wide receiver two. Are and you taking Rodgers Mahomes has a better running back. No, no, stop. Are you taking Mahomes wide receiver two or Rodgers wide receiver it's two? It's not a comparison between both wide receiver twos. You're saying that Rodgers elevates his team more. I'm saying because that. Because his team is worse. I'm saying so the, the comparison Packers is have important. one less good receiver than the Chiefs do. That's it. If you want to say they're worse because of that, sure. It's not as big as a difference as you're trying to make it out to be. Okay, so you're saying that you would rather have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Obviously, Robert that's Tanyan, not what I'm saying. and Alan Lazard instead of Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robertson, Look, and Travis Kelsey. It's a great trick to try to force me to answer the question the way that you want me to. It's, I'm not going to fall for that. 
You just said it, one it, it less is. receiver. You said one less receiver, and I, I'm like, I go said to the one second less receiver. receiver overall. I'm go not to the comparing receiver, their receivers. The third receiver. I'm not comparing their receivers apples to apples. I'm not doing that. So that's not what? the arc. You will, oh, okay? Sure, sure. We will move on and to something that I'm sure we will agree on. Rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. By far, I agree. This kid is special. I asked you this a couple weeks yeah. ago. You seemed like off and on about it. Do you still think because this kid is special, Anthony Lynn keeps his job? Or do you think they find somebody else because they think they have their next franchise quarterback? Well, I think, well, I'll say I think Anthony Lynn should keep his job because, uh, partially because of what he's done with the team overall, not just with the quarterback, but also because of that. Like, they make it seem like it's easy to get a rookie quarterback and to have him break the touchdown record by a rookie quarterback. That's not easy to do. Uh, a big part of that has been Lynn, um, and their defense has looked pretty solid at points during the season. Um, and despite them being overall a bad team, he's had them looking pretty good, and they've been in re- some really good games against good teams that they should they had no business being in. And so I think he should keep his job. I think Herbert is the hands-down rookie of the year. And if they if they replace him, I'll be upset because a white coach in the same position would get uh, another chance. Okay. Thanks. Offensive rookie of the year. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to actually go with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, look at this nigga. Stop. Yo, someone stop. get this nigga. Somebody get this nigga. The, the, he was only good for one game. And then was shaky the rest of the season. Yo, this is somebody get your boy Demarcus. We in the same segment, my nigga. Ah! I'm shook. All right, please talk Um, him up for me. Go ahead. uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. um, He made a really big impact on the Chiefs this year. Uh, for the first half of the year, he gave them a really consistent running game. Uh, um, you know, I give him the nod over the wide receiver up from in Minnesota, uh, just because of the for the impact he's had on a winning team. Wow, um, that's, that's what I'll say about that. You go ahead. Who is your offensive uh, rookie of the year? I'm shook. Wow, <laughs> the impact he had. Who would have thought? But look for me. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm giving it to the guy up in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson. Yes, the Vikings were not great, but to be fair, like the best rookies frequently are not going to go to a great team. And being surrounded by a great team will make rookies that maybe are not as talented look a little bit better. That's not saying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not talented, because as DeMarcus said, he is a huge contribution to this you know, great Chiefs team. But for me... Justin Jefferson is offensive rookie of the year because we should not compare his numbers to other rookies this year. He is one of the top wide receivers in the league as a rookie. That's just a fact. He is top 10 in receiving yards, which is just below Tyreek Hill. It's above someone like Allen Robertson. He has seven touchdowns. He's top 10 in yards per catches above DJ Metcalf, Julio Jones, etc. Like, This kid is a fucking baller. And it was crazy because when the Vikings traded Stephon Diggs, we were like, wow, they're never going to live this down. That dude is fucking special. He has it. And then 
Stephon Diggs went on to put up career numbers for himself in Buffalo. We were like, yeah, that dude was it. But I really feel like the Vikings have already lived it down because the guy they got to replace him has it. It no longer looks like a bad move. Um, he, I'll say he definitely makes it look better than it did. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. He makes that, that, that move to move off of Diggs, for whatever reason it was, look a whole lot better than it did. It's not like Diggs didn't want to play with them niggas no more. No, it's money. He, he, both, he wanted money, and he did not really want to play with them niggas anymore. That's, he was like, yeah. we run the ball too much, which I'm like, you have Dalvin Cook. So, like, dude, yeah, you run the ball a lot. You should run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants his targets. And, like, you know, he's better than Adam Thielen, but he was not being treated as such by cousins. Oh, no, they were treated as equals. Yeah, they're not equals. Nah. No. Nah. No. Adam Thielen has, you know, he's done a lot with a little. I'll say that. <laughs> that is true. Uh, he's super talented, too. Very talented, uh, but is not the freak athlete some of these other guys are. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, defensive. We're also gonna, of the year. Oh, yeah, no, I think we're going to agree on this as well. Chase Young? It's Chase Young. I, I don't see how it's anybody else. He's a fucking monster. You remember uh, Tomlin on the sidelines going, man, you are something different, but I never want to be bad enough to get a guy like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not remember that, but that is a great quote. Um, <laughs> usually, he, I mean, Tomlin, in most cases, that's right. Unless you... Unless everybody misses somebody, there's no way you're getting somebody as good as Chase Young after a top after the top five. After that, you're toast. It's done. Um, and Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, so <laughs> he will never be bad enough to get someone like that. He'll have to keep doing with <laughs> into the first round draft picks. Yeah, but she yeah. seems to do okay with. All right, defensive player of the year. Uh, it's Miles Garrett for me. Wow. Helmet boy. So had a bit of a rough end to last year with his suspension. Um, I got to cut you after off his real fight because we're talking about this fight and they the Steelers have sat Roethlisberger going into I know, this week I know. and Mason Rudolph is starting again. <laughs> He's gonna have to <laughs> look across the O line at Miles Garrett all game long. Mason Rudolph should be happy that the NFL doesn't allow twisted tees uh, on the sideline. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I, I think, uh, he's come back really strong. I believe, uh, last I checked, he was tied for the league league in, in sacks. Um, he is contributing on a team, the Browns who have not been relevant. And the last time at the playoffs was 13 years ago, 2007. Um, and that's just made the playoffs before that, even they have been bad for, a very, very long time since like the, the late 80s, early 90s. And so he's probably the best defensive player on a team that is on the rise overall. Looks like they're going to sneak into the playoffs in the uh, wild card. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, and he leads the league and tie for the league, league in sacks. And so I think it is Miles Garrett. See, for me, defensive player of the year is TJ Watt, who last week took the lead in sacks with 15. Mm-hmm. And he leads the league in tackles for a loss with 23. Like, this dude is a monster. And I will I will spot you that the overall talent around T.J. Watt is better than the talent around uh, Miles Garrett. But 
but apparently that doesn't matter. It's a, I'm I'm just using your MVP rubric. That doesn't matter. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. But he leads the league in sacks. He leads the league in tackles for a loss. This dude is a complete fucking monster. He can fall back and play in coverage. Clearly gets to the quarterback when he wants to. And my honorable mention, which actually neither of us talked about, was Aaron Donald. But I feel like, yeah, you know, the MJ fatigue. He gets enough. Well, uh, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. He's, at this point, a household name. He is going to get his – everyone's going to talk about him. He is the – for people who don't even know that much about football, they can be like Aaron Donald, and they wouldn't be very wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it made sense. And I think he's had a bit of a down year compared to himself. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he was getting, like, double-digit sacks from the, from the nose tackle position, which is – unheard of <laughs> um and he would wreck games and he's still aaron donald he's still great he's still I think the most double team player in football i think a part of it is a little bit of fatigue and the team is not doing as well including the defense so i think that's all that is all right last but not least coach of the year uh it's ron rivera for me so like i said at the beginning of the show he's done an admirable job with this team um they're gonna probably end up with seven, six to seven wins, um, which even in, and that could win the division if they get to seven wins, I believe. <laughs> but even in this division in this year, that is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, to go through it all, obviously, before the season started, Rivera, who thought he was going to be in Carolina for life, gets fired, gets diagnosed with cancer right as soon as he gets the Washington job. He comes into Washington. There's a, there's huge scandals everywhere. The uh, there's allegations against the owner, which are, are still going on to this day. You have allegations against other uh, employees of the team about sexual misconduct, sexual harassment. You have them trying to incorporate a, a second-year quarterback, uh, you know, Haskins, and bring him up to speed and make him the guy. Um, you have the team uh, changing their name <laughs> or really just getting <laughs> rid of their name uh, due to a lot of uh, – backlash over the years of their their name being racist um and you come into all of that and then you have a quarterback carousel where you cycle between this promising young guy to a couple older guys who are just journeymen to alex smith who's you know if we're talking comeback player of the year should almost certainly be in kind of penciled in for that right away and so you have all this going on and ron rivera somehow manages it including coaching every game and not missing any games but getting IVs at halftime because he's so fatigued and dehydrated, et cetera. I can go on and on. I mean, the guy has put up with so much this year, um, more than I think most people could bear to endure. Um, and quite frankly, done a really good job at it and has his team on the cusp of the playoffs. So I like Ron Rivera here. And if we're talking about all the things you had to deal with off the field, it's hard to fight with that. Like the dude survived cancer while not missing a game, been coaching through games, and you got to get IVs during halftime. Like you can't beat that type of a story. But if we're talking about on the field, the coach of the year for me is Kevin Stefanski with the Cleveland Browns. As you remember, you talked about that playoff drought. The last time that team was good, so long ago. Like the Cleveland Browns are the laugh, were literally the laughing stock of the NFL. And now they are going to be 10 and 6 at least. He flipped the team from 6 and 10 to being 10 and 6 at least. They could be 11 and 5 if they win this week. 
which I think they probably will because Mason Rudolph is starting instead of Ben Roethlisberger. So he's flipped the team from 10 and 6 to 11 and 5. I mean, 6 and 10 to 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 at best. He's ended that massive playoff drought. And the most important part is it's not like he made a lot of personnel changes. No. Like the people he, on the field. I think, and I think that's a good pick as well. But I think the reason I didn't go here, I think Rivera does a good job on the field as well, I think. But I think in this case, Stefanski is doing a perfectly fine job. Uh, there's a couple things I think that are different or that I should point out. One is the Odell Beckham thing on offense, um, which I thought was, I think is a bad, was a bad move for Baker Mayfield and the fit of this team and him not being there instantly made the offense kind of know who it was. They're going to run the football a bunch. They're going to throw it to Landry. They're going to incorporate some other people in occasionally. And that's who they are. So I think that is a major difference. And the second thing I want to just say is I think uh, Stefanski is a, a, a competent coach compared to kitchens. <laughs> uh, that is, that is it. Kitchens not only did not, he, he didn't get maximized the talent, he minimized it somehow on this roster. Um, that Kitchens just didn't have, whatever it was, he didn't have it in order to get the team to be disciplined enough, to play well enough, to win and execute uh, week in and week out. And Stefanski has gotten that out of his team. Um, so even if it's not a, a pure X's and O's thing, he has inspired, motivated, and trained his team to be more consistent than they were a year ago, um, which... You know, when you see that big of a difference, you know, four or five, four or five, six game swing um, in their win total, that's props to him. But I, I think a little bit of that was Kitchens did such a bad job with the Browns. And so did everybody before roster. Kitchens, though. That's the thing. It wasn't well, just Kitchens. Well, with the talented roster, because I think coming that in, they're like, okay, we got talented Baker. pre-Kitchens. And they just didn't have OBJ. Yes, yes. Um, and they built off of that. But yeah, I you make a good case. All right. Uh, so we are in week 17. Usually the playoff situation is more solidified this late in the NFL, but this is a weird season. This is a weird year. Well, and they added an extra wild card team. So that is true. That is true. So let's start with the AFC. Well, first and foremost, the teams that are already in it right now in the AFC, the Chiefs have already clinched the first round by. The Bills have clinched the division, and so have the Steelers. They are the teams that are in it fully, and then the teams that are in the hunt are the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Browns, all at 10-5. and five. Mm-hmm. The only team on the bubble in the mm-hmm. AFC is the Colts, also at 10-5. and five. Like, that is ridiculous. Uh, like, 10-5 and five at least. Possibly a eleven and five team will not make the playoffs this year. Um, is that who do the Colts play? So the Colts are gonna play the Jags, so they will probably win. Oh, then yeah, an eleven and five team will miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, the Ravens get the Bengals. They're probably gonna win. Which, by the way, you remember when you said the Ravens weren't gonna make the playoffs, and I said they were, and you were like, "But the Las Vegas Raiders." Uh, no. But I'm just saying, you believed in Derek Carr and the Raiders, and I I just can't understand why. Well, I want to say really quickly on that, that game last week, uh, (laughs) that wasn't necessarily Derek Carr's fault. That was John Gruden's fault. John Gruden is the reason they didn't win that game. He played for the field goal and not for the touchdown, which is a huge mistake. But I I digress. I digress. So the AFC, um, 
is I think a, a, a great testament to why there should have been an extra wildcard team this year. Uh, between the year being very weird due to COVID and that there are always teams like that are right on the outside of the wild card who are usually nine and seven, 10 and six, 11 and five, who are good. I think the last time this happened, we had the 20, is it the 2011 Patriots who were, I want to say like 10 and six, 11 and five and missed the playoffs. Yeah. With Matt Castle, um, right? With Matt Castle when Tom Brady tore his ACL or maybe it was, was it 2010. I can't remember somewhere around there. Um, but, uh, the Colts will miss the playoffs this year because they failed to beat the, the Steelers last week. Um, so the way the tiebreakers work, uh, Tennessee, if they win their game over Houston, they will win the AFC South title. Tennessee controls their own destiny, uh, for Indy to the easiest path to Indy is for Tennessee to lose to the, uh, the, um, Texans, um, and bunch of other tiebreaker stuff goes on and that's how they get in that's the simplest way for indeed indy to get in as the seventh seed the wild card team um, is very, very difficult are... they don't control that whatsoever i think based on the matchups this week the dolphins browns and ravens will all win their games and make the playoffs and indy are the bills sitting players home. this week do you know because the dolphins um, have I the bills the... so that's a team that i think could actually lose and end up 10 and 6. Uh, I think they could. I don't. Oh, even, okay. I'll say this. I'm not sure if the Bills are or not sitting players. I think even if they don't sit them, there's no way they played the whole game. Um, the starters don't play the whole game. There's no way. Um, and the Dolphins could put in Fitch Magic in the fourth quarter of Game 16 and <laughs> get a dub. <laughs> uh, that would that would be the best way to end uh, the 2020 season. Okay. All right. Let's move over to the NFC. Uh, the teams that are in. You know, the Packers have clinched their division. They're playing for the first round by, unfortunately, still. The Saints have clinched their division, are also still playing for the first round by. The Seahawks have clinched their division. And so, and the Buccaneers have clinched their playoff spot, right? In the hunt is basically, right now, teams that are in, if everything ended this week, we have the Washington football team, the LA mm -hmm. Rams, and... Damn, I'm trying to remember that OJ OJ OG Mako song. Just get Bitch, you this. guessed it. <laughs> you was right. <laughs> Bitch, you guessed it. <laughs> clock, clock, fucking on sight. Just just get on with it. We don't need this. I, I needed need this it. Commentary. I needed it because I remember a couple weeks ago, I'm telling you, the Bears have a chance at the playoffs. Here's their path in. Demarcus was doing his like, eye rolls. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? They're going to lose. Don't worry. We might <laughs> lose, round. but even if we lose, we could still be in the playoffs. That's the best part. So the teams that are on the bubble right now is the Giants and the Cowboys for the NFC least spot in the playoffs and the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals play the Rams. Mm -hmm. Right? So the Rams, wanna, the Rams still want to win that game because they want to stay in the playoffs. They're going to play hard. Even though mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure the Rams are having to sit their starting quarterback, Jared Goff, because he had to get uh, surgery on his hand. Yep. Goff mm -hmm. will not be playing. Yes. And I think Kyler also has an injury, but Kyler says, I'm going to play. Kyler's been like, I'm playing. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm playing. A chance to go to the playoffs my second year in the league and lead my team to it. He's like, I'm going to be on the motherfucking field. Uh, I don't know if he should be. Hopefully he's healthy enough to be out there. Um, but regardless, the Bears 
we play the Packers. We control our own destiny. If we win, we're in. Unfortunately, there was a scenario, which I talked about those weeks ago, where we could have played the Packers and the Packers would have sat their players because they already clinched the first round by. The NFL has flexed the Bears game to be simultaneous with the Saints game. So that is no longer a possibility. <laughs> it's it great. Is, I love it. It is fucking ridiculous. Like, so like there was a chance that we could have gotten the Packers sitting their players, not anymore. So the Packers will play, the Packers will play hard because they want to not play the following week. So here's where we're at. If Arizona wins and the Bears win, Arizona is still out. But if Arizona loses and the Bears win, we are in. If we both lose, the Bears are still in. You can cover the NFC least because, I mean, I have a feeling that, you know, them boys, them boys, them boys. They might be in the playoffs. Yeah. It'll be the, the first time that I'm actually upset about that. How uh, about yeah, them so, Cowboys, Demarcus? And this NFC East is real simple. Uh, all four teams play each other in week 17. The Dallas Cowboys uh, play the... New York Giants, is that correct? Yes. And the Eagles play uh, the and, football team. And the Eagles play the football team. Um, and no one will be playing their starting quarterback. <laughs> and <laughs> the Cowboys and I will be playing Andy Dalton. The Giants, I have no idea who this kid's name is. <laughs> uh, the football team will be playing someone who I don't know whose name it his is. Name is. And the Eagles Taylor will be playing Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's good. Thank good you. to know. Um, so the Cole scenario McCoy goes like is this. Up, in the, up in New York. If Washington wins, Washington is in. They win the division. They get the playoff spot. If Washington loses and Dallas wins, Dallas is in. Um, and uh, if Dallas and Washington lose, New York is in. That's it. Real simple. I'm rooting for Washington. That game has been flexed to be Sunday night, the 730 Central game or whatever. Um, so they will know who the winner, what happens in the Cowboys games before that game kicks off. So, uh, even if the Cowboys win, they'll have to still watch that game, you know, as they say with bated breath, uh, because if the football team wins, Cowboys stay home. If the football team loses, the Cowboys are going somewhere for a road play or no, they have a home playoff game. We have a home playoff game with fans. Yes. Yes. Okay. I I want to, I want to. I want to ask you, of all these teams, which is the most likely to get the upset? I think they would play uh, what would probably be the Saints or the Packers. Whichever one doesn't get the bye, you would play, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want no part of the Packers ever, ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers would love to come on down to Dallas for a playoff game. <laughs> oh my goodness. He He owns Jerry but, World. He he might. <laughs> um so I, I gotta say Saints. The Cowboys um have played the Saints hard, even when they haven't been good. So I think that has a better chance of an upset. Plus there's something that happened to Drew Brees, you know, that the whole situation. Thomas is Michael Thomas this year, which has been MIA. Uh, there's Alvin Kamara to worry about, and the Cowboys can't stop the run. But, uh, you know, I still give, it gives them a better chance than playing against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but for the other, the other NFC scenarios, 
Um, I'm picking Cardinals over Rams in week 17. Ooh. Well, I mean, okay, no. I can kind of see it's that. not that crazy. It's not that crazy. The, the Rams um, aren't playing their starting quarterback, and the Cardinals might. I feel you. Right. Um, and so I think the the Rams missed the playoffs and the Cardinals sneak in. Which I think at the beginning of the year we said the Cardinals would be a playoff team. I, so, I think we had them at like nine and seven. I want to say we they're had right them, on they're right on target then. I also had the Browns <laughs> at ten and six, and you thought that was ridiculous. Here we'll have we to are. go back and review that next week. Uh, yeah, don't worry. I, can, I if you would like me to paste in clips, I receipts. will use it as a drop. <laughs> uh, we'll just do it. We'll do a segment next week. We'll do a segment next week. We'll go. We'll cover that. Uh, cover all like um, predictions. I like that. Mm-hmm. When the season wraps up. Yep. All right. I guess we will see how the cookie crumbles. Gallus, 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 Tony, Playboy. Yo, let's get into our favorite sports moments of 2020. This episode, we're ringing in the new year, 2021, you know, hopefully leaving some of that bad juju behind us. But there were some great, great, great sports moments in 2020. So, Demarcus, what stood out to you the most? Uh, my favorite sports moment of 2020 did not happen on a court or a field or a pitch or anything of the sort. Um, it happened on ESPN. My favorite sports moment of 2020 was the last dance to get to relive and rewatch Michael Jordan's glory days. Um, as he went won six championships with the bulls in particular, you know, at the time that was uh, 2020, as we know, has been a very, it was a very weird year. We were, quarantining you know everyone's stay-at-home orders beginning of the in the spring and march april may and jordan decides hey i'm gonna drop my documentary my 10-part docuseries Bless. about my time oh it was absolutely amazing and um at that time during the pandemic um there were a couple of different things going on on tv that kind of captured everyone's attention um and the last dance was one of them if you were a sports fan um whatsoever um, and the, even as like a passing fan, you were interested in what this was about. If you were a young fan um, who didn't get to watch Michael Jordan play, maybe you wanted to see what this is about because everyone keeps saying this guy is great. You think LeBron's the best and you're trying to see like, let me see what these old heads are talking about. You know, you got LeBron who's then coming out and saying, hey, I'm going to do my own documentary. And he's making comments about chasing ghosts and all this stuff like LeBron does. Um, and so I felt like when The Last Dance came out, uh, we were watching it together, which was very weird um, in 2020 with the kind of way that most things come out as streaming goes, et cetera. And it's one of those things that you kind of watch together. We saw the memes together, you know, <laughs> when when Michael Jordan took that personally, you know, that was a great meme um, that we're going to use for forever. <laughs> I hope that he knows that. As well as like just learning about, for example, Dennis Rodman and all the wild things that he did. Like, could you imagine if... Name a random NBA player. James Harden. You don't trust. If James Harden was allowed mid-season, mid-title run to go take a vacation in Vegas. It sounds like, like, like if, it sounds like that's what James Harden has been doing for the last <laughs> several years, according to all the reports that came out. He has been embodying but, Dennis Rodman's spirit. But imagine if he got permission to do so. <laughs> so uh, the last dance, and particularly those two moments, the, you know, Michael Jordan, I took that personally. 
and Dennis Rodman were my favorite moments of 2020. Because uh, I felt like we did it all together, which was really weird in a year where everyone was isolated. Okay. my I have some moments that took place on a court, field, etc. And my top moment is Game 3 of the NBA Finals, otherwise known as Jimmy Gets Buckets. Is that the game where he's also mean, where he's leaning over the, yes. the expansion? Yes, 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 so yes, tired? yes, yes, yes. That's the 40-point all mid-range, no threes have been attempted. Yes, the famous meme of him hunching over. <laughs> <laughs> Although that might have been in game five. I'm not sure. Either way, the meme was also a part of that finals, and it was great. It, <laughs> it was. was probably the best thing to come out. There's for the past few years, there's always been a meme come out of the finals, but that was one of the, that's as good as the LeBron to JR a couple years ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That one is great. He's like <laughs> That one will never get old. And Jimmy leaning over will never get old. Anytime that I'm tired, that's the meme I'm going to go for. <laughs> and my second one is the Hail Murray. D-hop over three guys. Jump man, jump man, jump man. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, that was great. Nike promo. <laughs> Jesus is it a commercial Christ. yet? I haven't seen it. It's got to be coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. If they make the playoffs, it's going to drop. Even if they don't, it's coming the following season. Like they're just waiting for D Hop to, I guess, give them some of his time, which is recently a thing. Have you heard about the complaints about D Hop not practicing? Mm-mm. There's been like a whole thing about D Hop not practicing, apparently, and D Hop addressed it in a media session. And he was just like, Look, there's a reason why I'm on the field and I do what I do, and there's a reason why you all are not. <laughs> And that's what you got to know. He's like, I don't really care about that stuff. But like my dad listens to all of it. And he's like, yo, they are you about not practicing. He's like, look, there's a reason why I'm me. And I do what I do. And there's a reason why you're not. Which I was why just like. Why is complaining about D-Hop not practicing? D-Hop is amazing. I think it's not it's, affecting him. It's kind of like, yo, if D-Hop is like, I don't, I only practice once a week. Or I practice zero times a week. Who cares if he comes out there and he's giving you consistent thousand plus yard seasons? It's like it's the Allen Iverson thing all over. It's if he's got out there and balling night in and night out. If if D Hop had showed up to that podium and been like practice, we talking about practice? practice? <laughs> I would not have been surprised whatsoever, and it would have been perfectly befitting of that moment. <laughs> because why are we talking about practice? D Hop is amazing. He not just puts up thousand yard season like he's going to work every day, but makes phenomenal, fantastical plays all the time that no I mean, one else that, can make. That no one else can dream of making. And that jump, uh, the 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 Hail Murray was just one example of that. There is always a catch where he is running a five yard route and the ball is thrown out in front of him, and somehow, some way, he has stretched out his body ten feet in front of him and picked up the ball two inches from the ground. And I'm like, man, no one else could do that except for D-Hop. So, no, I'm not worried about him practicing whatsoever. And that catch was one of the best moments of 2020. All right. You got anything else? Even if they're not, like, any other big sports moments of 2020 that we should talk about? Uh, Two moments that both are are, are NBA-specific as well and kind of NBA-heavy. The first is Rudy Gobert. Um, shutting down the league, shutting down the league and touching Um, all the fucking mics. Oh my God. I I forgot about that. (laughs) Touching all the fucking mics like an asshole. 
Oh. Um, I think for me that moment. So uh, kind of rewind. Let's let's go back to 2020. It's the first week of March. Um, life is comparatively pretty normal. <laughs> um, I had been on a plane that week. <laughs> I had been to a restaurant. <laughs> I had hugged people. <laughs> Just random. I was wild and not here. <laughs> Um, and you know, get back and we're at work and we're hearing about the virus and people think it's in America, but we're not a hundred thousand percent sure. And, uh, you know, there are some cases, but it's not, it's not quite, it's not bad. It's not, it's not China yet. And, but everything's still normal. There's NBA games going on. There's other leagues getting to kick off their, their sports. I'm still going to work every day. And about, I think it was that, that game was a Wednesday night and, uh, that game got canceled. And I had already thought, I, I don't know about the rest of people who are listening, but I was serious about this from day one. And I thought that we were going to shut down. And I was like, it's a matter of time. And for me, that NBA game, when I got that ESPN alert that said, where do you go bear test positive? And that game is postponed and this, or the season is postponed. Um, that really like, that was one of the biggest woge bombs that you could have ever dropped uh, on a random Wednesday night. And so that moment really set out in 2020 for me. And for me, it's the defining, it's the moment where the pandemic really set in uh, because it started to impact and change things of, about my everyday life. Uh, and which at that point it had. When the NBA shut down, everybody was kind of like, oh, we have to take this shit seriously. Like these mm-hmm. dudes have probably just given up a billion dollars over this shit. Like <laughs> this is serious. Like I remember I was supposed to go to Vegas like the next day after the NBA shut down. I did not go to Vegas and I kind of feel like I kind of regret that now just because I've been in the house for so fucking long. But like, uh, I guess I'll, I won't take my health for granted. All right. Anything else? Um, that is an important thing to say. Cause there's another moment that captivates me uh, also from this spring, but it's a, it's a, a bit of a sad moment. Um, and that was the morning that we woke up to learn about the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, RIP and, and I, I, and I, I bring that up because athletes, celebrities, whoever, they die all the time. I don't want to make that sound bad or whatever, but there, there are lots of people who are celebrities, athletes, et cetera, and they pass away. Um, and usually I take a second. I think that's really sad. You know, oh, I wonder how their family's doing or I hope things are going to be okay for their family, et cetera. And I kind of move on with my, my day, my life, et cetera. As, as good or bad as that may sound, that's kind of how things go. But this one, this particular moment when it, when they found out, when we found out that Kobe had passed away in the helicopter accident, um, it, it, it hit different. Um, and the, the effect has lasted far longer than I would have imagined. Um, cause it, it all, and I'll say it wasn't like, I wasn't like a little boy rooting for Kobe. That's not the story whatsoever. Kobe was killing my Mavericks as a little kid every spring, um, in the playoffs. And so it wasn't, I didn't like him. Did I respect him as a great player? Absolutely, yes. But it, but still, even not liking him that way, um, I felt like tremendous sorrow uh, hearing Max. about what happened. Um, it didn't feel real. I was like, no, this can't be right. Kobe, Kobe can't be dead. You know, they're gonna find him. That he was on a different helicopter, like something. And um, you know, actually going through some of the stages of grief, which is which was for most for me Unexpected. and for a lot of people, very new for uh, a celebrity passing away, someone I never knew to go and feel that way. And so that is not my favorite moment of 2020, but my most memorable moment um, was finding out about that. And even to this day, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be throwing away a piece of paper, I'll yell Kobe. And then 
it's just a reflex because I don't even remember. And I'm like, oh no, Kobe's dead. That and was. it kind of hits me new every single time um, that I that I that I hear his name. That was for sure the most impactful celebrity death of my lifetime for me personally. I don't think I've ever cared enough about any other celebrity to like fully grieve about about them the way I did about Kobe. Like that shit shook me because I had just finished going up like kind of like a double date brunch or whatever, and I had like just dropped off. Um, my friends and like I, I see a text message and someone's like Kobe's died and I'm like what and I like literally pull over my car do the Googles and shit trying to figure it out see TMZ is on some fuck shit like always and I'm just like this is fucking crazy like that that shit that shit yeah shit's nuts yeah out of and that's and and anybody who's listening who is alive at this time to listen they're not at some future random date uh, knows how crazy 2020 was as a year, how many people passed away who were important, who were impactful. Um, and out of all of that noise, Kobe is still the one that stands out. And, and remember, I don't know if you know this or remember this, but Kobe happened before any of the pandemic stuff started. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before all of that. And um, that was the kind of first thing this in 2020 that made everybody stop. Uh, the second thing was the NBA being postponed. But the first thing was the passing of Kobe Bryant. Facts. All right. That was our 2020 wrap-up. Let us know what your favorite sports moments of 2020 were. Welcome to the final segment of our show, the heart of our show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, we like to make a change. Yeah, and this is a player uh, for this, you know, first Bars Bouquet of 2021, who before this summer, many people had not heard of. Uh, If you had walked down the street or the aisle of an academy or a Dick Sporting Good, and ask people who uh, they thought was going to be one of the best NBA centers in the next five years, um, you probably would not have heard this person's name. Uh, But this first Ballers Bouquet of 2021 goes to Bam Adebayo. So our first recipient of our 2021 Ballers Bouquet ended 2020 on a very high note. So... He was a key player for the Miami Heat and helped them make their run to the NBA Finals for the first time in six years. He signed a max contract extension in the offseason that guarantees him nearly $200 million. And he helped his mother, Marilyn Blunt, celebrate her 56th birthday. For her birthday, Bam bought his mom a brand new home. In an interview afterwards, Bam said, quote, my mom never had nothing that she could call her own. So growing up and being able to do something different with basketball and be a special player, that was something that I've always had in my mind. I've always wanted to do. And just having the opportunity to do it for my mom is an incredible experience. And, you know, this was a gesture of love from Bam to his mother uh, because they, they were all the other had for a long time. So Bam got the idea to buy his mama house 
um, his mom, Marilyn, in a house, and it all came together in about five days with the help of different friends and family. Um, and for Bam, this meant so, so much. Um, growing up, he and his mom lived in a single white trailer. And throughout the years, he's used this to motivate himself um, throwing, going throughout college or high school, college, and the NBA. So Bam has had this picture. He has a picture of the single wide trailer that he has had um, in a photo in his locker where all his teammates can see. He has had this same photo as a screensaver on his phone. And he has written the address of this single wide trailer on his shoes for games. And for Bam, um, this, this single wide trailer was everything. Uh, Bam's mother did all she could to raise him in North Carolina. Um, where she made just $12,000 a year as a cashier. Um, Bam is doing everything that he can to get back to his mom and is so, so proud of the house that he bought her. Um, the moment for him was uh, even, you know, even though he bought the house was a bit surreal. Um, you know, if you uh, listen to the interview after he buys or he, you know, he posts pictures of her new house on social media he did an interview afterward and he describes it as he didn't really know how to feel. He kind of just showed her the house, waited and kind of waited to see her reaction because he wasn't sure what was going to happen. He said he was as nervous to see his mom's reaction as he was to step onto the court for his first NBA finals. Um, and so Adebayo took that photo that he's always had in his locker, um, on his phone, et cetera. And he made sure that a photo of that trailer was proudly displayed near the front door of his mom's new home. Um, he said, quote, I wanted it by the front door because I wanted everybody to see where we actually came from. And that doesn't matter who walks in. You're going to always see that picture. My goal of putting it there was just so everybody can see where we actually came from. And I was raised at what I went through, the struggle to get my mom a brand new crib and the condition she lived in. So that's the main point of the picture. So after seeing this strong bond that uh, Bam has developed with his mom over the years. His teammates were overjoyed for him. Um, they saw the picture on social media and were very happy um, with the reaction. And, and his, some of his teammates gave comments about what they saw between Bam and his mom and that connection and what that meant for him. And Jimmy Butler said the kind of most important thing for me that stood out. He said, that's his why. Um, meaning that is why Bam Adebayo has done everything that he has done. It is so that he could get his mom that house. I know there are lots of people out there who feel just like Bam. They have their reason why, their thing that drives them. And as we start off 2021, don't forget your why. Let it drive you every day and just try to be a little bit better. One last thing I want to do is give a shout out to Devon. Appreciate you submitting another segment, putting it on our radar. And these listener submissions are super important, and we appreciate each and every single one of them. That was the first Ballers Bouquet of 2021. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a Playboy affair. All right, all right, all right. That's it for episode 16 of the Fly Route Podcast. As always, we want to Shout you all out, the listeners. We appreciate each and every single one of you. We really appreciate the listener submissions that we have gotten and made our first episode of 2021 super special. We want to shout out you all. You all are the ones that are moving us forward. 
And we want to hear from you all. We want to know about your favorite sports moments of 2020. We want to know, did your team make the playoffs? Are you excited to see what they're going to do in these upcoming weeks? Or did they shit the bed? Make sure you take a second and subscribe on wherever you listen to us at. If it's Apple Music, if it's Stitcher, if it's Spotify, whatever it is, because we're on all the platforms, do us a favor and subscribe. That way you'll always get the notification every time a new episode drops because we're doubling down for 2021. We've got some great new things coming on the podcast for 2021. We want you to make your New Year's resolution to tune in every Friday, wherever you listen to your podcast. We will see you all next week.